0: I'm Stephanie Hammond, and this is the Fruition Podcast. On this show, I sit down with passionate people who've brought their dreams to fruition. We'll explore different versions of success and fulfillment and dig into what was on their mind along the way. With these conversations, I hope we can all expand our sense of possibility. And who knows, maybe hearing their stories will inspire you to take action on yours. Welcome back. This episode's fun because we're switching it up a little bit. Normally, I talk a lot about career because it makes up most of the hours in your life. So if you're not happy in your career, you're probably feeling pretty frustrated. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're needing to see a change in your life, you can also start somewhere else. It doesn't have to be career. You can kind of build up to that. So you could start with your health or your habits or your beliefs Today, we're talking to a friend of mine, Sierra, who's taken tremendous action in her life these past few years. We talk about her move to Austin, her year of sobriety, and the value we both have found from ruthlessly editing our lives in everything from the physical to the social. I'm super excited because we dive deep into a program and community, we're unsure what to call it, that we're both actively a part of called To Be Magnetic. It's massively important to me. So, I guess we'll call it my current obsession, but it's not a trend for me at all. It's a permanent part of my toolkit. We describe what it is and how it works in the episode, but long story short, it's it's basically a structured collection of meditations that use hypnotherapy to tap into your subconscious so that you can understand the beliefs that are coming up that drive your thoughts, your emotions, your actions. This work has been profound in understanding myself and my patterns and in raising my self-worth. So I would absolutely recommend it to everybody. And they have a podcast too, so I'll link an episode if you want to get a little taste of what that's all about. To be honest, it feels pretty vulnerable to talk about because this works a deep dive into the brightest, but very much also the darkest aspects of yourself. And we both share some of our learnings, our ahas, and our transformations. But um, it's all in the spirit of hopefully helping you to live your best life. So if it turns one of you on to looking deeper within yourselves, then it's worth it. So let me know if you have any thoughts on our conversation on my latest post at Path to Fruition on Instagram or TikTok. And please tap the five stars wherever you're listening You shouldn't have to log in, so it's just a quick little tap and it would mean the world to me. Oh, and also, this is the first episode that I'm going to put up on YouTube, so if you're into that and you want to watch, then just search The Fruition Podcast on YouTube.com and I'll obviously link that in the show notes as well. Okay, have a fabulous day. Hello, Sierra. Welcome to The Fruition Podcast. (laughs)
1: thank you I'm so happy to be here I'm so excited to talk about all the things I remember
0: that morning that we both you wake up earlier than me and um we both went for a walk and I was like trailing you by like 200 (laughs) feet and we were both like doing our meditations or just like our reflections and I was like 200 feet behind you like of course, she's right in front of me. Of course, we're on our solo walks on Saturday morning, like staring up at the trees. And at one point, you stopped and you like put your hand on a big tree trunk, And i was like, I love this girl. Oh, my God. She is so my type of person.
1: That definitely tracks. I'm always like picking up feathers. I like came my roommate the other day was like, picking them up. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like a small child. I'm always like, picking up random like uh, like nature objects to like collect and it. put on like small altars. But yeah. yeah, we were in Santa Barbara, so it was so beautiful like to just walk around that place. I was like, "What is happening?"
0: Yes. Mm. Okay, so we were both visiting Santa Barbara, but neither mm. of us lived there even though Mm-mm. I was <laughs> considering <laughs> it for a second. <laughs> so, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live right now and yeah. where are you from? When did you move?
1: Yeah so i am currently in austin texas i moved to austin texas at the end of last year so like end of october beginning of november prior to that i was in colorado which i wasn't born in but i was raised in from the time that i was like three so i grew up in boulder colorado and that's where I met Miss Melanie, who is our connected friend. And bopped around, like traveled a bunch, while like growing up. But I had never left. So, at the beginning of last year, I was like, "It's time." I was like, "It's really time." So over the course of 2022, I kind of committed to a plan to get me to Austin, Texas. So yeah, here I am now loving it. It's real hot right now. We are in three digit degrees a lot of the days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like the opposite. Like I wanted to leave Colorado and skirt winter because I was just I I grew up a skier. I respect it. But I was tired of being cold. And so but it's funny because in these really hot places like Texas or Arizona it's like flip-flops like you spend most of your time inside in the summer but it's a cool place it's a really cool place I feel very grateful the best way I can describe Austin is like it is a city of makers like Mm. it is so art like artistic in so many different ways and it's far more diverse than I thought it was gonna be, which really filled me up. Um, That's definitely what I was looking for in a move.
0: And so you're in this kind of experimental phase, but you're being very intentional with Mm. where you're going, why you're going there, why you want these different types of experiences. So I wanna flip my normal structure of these conversations on its head. And I wanna hear about your vision for yourself now. Where are you kind of tracking for the next couple years actually longer term just let's talk about your magnetic self i don't know if you're doing the challenge at all we'll talk about that in a second but it's probably fresh in your mind so let's just tell us about who is your magnetic self and not like where do you see yourself in five years but like how do you envision yourself feeling and maybe what are the things that you think will be a part of your day-to-day life
1: Yeah. So magnetic self, which is so funny, because it's like coming up in the challenge, which we'll obviously talk about, but I just feel it coming up coming out everywhere in like community and like universal stuff right now. I feel like a lot of people are having this conversation. So I think it's right on time. The my, my magnetic self is one that is completely comfortable in who she is and is willing to pursue a life that is totally in alignment with her creative self and just unapologetic, but in the most compassionate way, I think so frequently, this word of authenticity gets thrown around. And it's kind of become like a lottery word. Everybody's like, be authentic, do this, do that. And for me, I just find it interesting to watch people start start to take on certain energies when they say be authentic because they're trying to emulate somebody else who you know really produces authenticity when authenticity is truly about you it's so unique to each person by being outspoken doesn't make you authentic unless you are a like you know you are an outspoken person so It's one of those things that, for me, my magnetic self is her authentic being. She's just in alignment. She's doing what she wants. For me, magnetism and alignment is so much freedom. She's where she wants my day to day. I like to switch it up every day. And, you know, she's working with people um, to give back, whether through business or through emotional help. and things like that. So yeah, she's living life on her own terms to put it in the most succinct way possible. Yes,
0: I love that. <laughs> what are some of the bigger manifestations that you are kind of envisioning for yourself yeah. down the line? Of course, we don't have to attach any timelines to it because we're not in control of the when. <laughs> I but why not? Daily. <laughs> but what are some of those bigger things that you're looking to?
1: Yeah, so I would really like in the next, I would say, um, I I would say like in the next 3 to 5 years to really pursue um and start my own business. So that's definitely something that's in the works right now. Um I would like to be taking a stint in traveling internationally back again. I did that a lot in my early 20s and I just I think there was there was a lot of grief and pain caused by COVID, but I happen to be of the mindset that COVID happened for a reason and it it needed to happen in in some ways in order to basically skyrocket a globalization. I I love the idea that, you know, living in Austin, Texas, I'm in the same time zone as places in Colombia, and it's like why don't I just go down and work in Colombia for 6 months because I can. So I see that happening for me. Um, I think partnership is something that I'm really, I'm I'm ready to get back into um, in the next, you know, in the next few seasons. It's an interesting world out there right now, I think for anybody that's, <laughs> anybody that's dating, but I, I, that was one of my biggest, biggest pain points in so many aspects in life and trying to navigate that and really kind of orchestrate and call in a partner that's truly aligned to who I see myself becoming and is also willing to do a lot of the work that is required into like an evolving person so I would say starting business international more living life from a creative and playful place is Mm -hmm. numero uno because honestly that's the top of it that will allow the rest of it to kind of fall into place and that's the one that I have to work on every single day and so many of my things in my design whether it's like I don't know if any of your listeners are into like human design or gene keys and things like that but so much of that plays to like I'm literally supposed to play like I think my gene key is gene key 14 and how it's described is like don't put like money first feel joy and then you'll make more money I was like yeah. okay <laughs> done. But, <laughs> it was like perfect. Sounds so sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds great, but how do I get there? So,
0: are you a generator or no? Are you? Projecting? I'm a
1: projector. Yeah, that's yeah right. I'm that's a projector. Right. I am a one three projector. So, um, and one threes are basically experiment. Like all we do is experiment, like consistently. Mm. Um, is and then we're supposed to talk about our lived experience, or maybe not talk about it, but express it share in some it, capacity. Yeah. Share it, mm. yes. So, yeah, I would say those are my those are my top things that I'm really calling in that I think will help build for the most like aligned authentic version of yeah. myself.
0: Yeah. Play is one of the words in my authentic code because the more that I can allow myself to play, which I'm really good at it. I just don't allow myself to do it that often. Right. Or I'll like trick myself into thinking that work is play. I'm like, oh yeah, that was play. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't real, real play. And yeah. it's, it's, I, I'd say that that's probably one of my hot takes, I guess. But I just have come to firmly believe that the more fun that I have and the more I can play, the more everybody around me benefits, obviously, including myself, yes. because it genuinely brings out this whole other layer of creativity that I cannot access if I'm mm-hmm. in my regimented, structured mode. And yeah. it eventually I go back to that mode too. And then I get so much done. I can act on the creativity that kind of bubbled up during that time of play and so it's I mean the idea for this podcast came out of a full week of play you know Uh and I just allowed myself to stop and rest and when I tune into my body I get out of my head and when I'm in my body and not in my head that's when all those ideas come Mm -hmm. out and then that's that's when you can create something and then build something so play is huge and that's such it's such a good word too because like if you're trying to be more creative and you're trying methods to come up with ideas, I just think that it backfires. You get into your monkey brain and you spin in circles, you know, like there's nothing up there
1: and play.
0: Like we know how to play. All of us know how to play. And so it's, it's interesting to just start to believe that that word is the key. It's like the answer for me, at least it might not be for everyone. I mean, I know that, With human design everyone has their different paths and Mm -hmm. methods but definitely for me i align with you on that play is so 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 big
1: yes and what you said about you know when you feel like you're doing it it, i mean you do you give people a permission slip and that's why this this quote unquote work is so important to do it not because of the things you obtain or the things you achieve but like people don't understand when you choose to live in alignment, you are literally reflecting back to anybody else around you that they are able to do the same thing and making it okay for people to do exactly what it is that they want to do. So that's just like pivotal. So like the playful aspect it is because I think so much of life and it's been so heavy, I think universally for the last few years, it's like, you're supposed to feel joy in this Mm -hmm. life. And I know it can get hard for so many different reasons, but yeah, prioritizing joy and not feeling afraid. That's where a lot of my work has lied. I've like, literally I'll sit there and I will feel scared to feel joy. Cause I know that it's like something that's going to get taken away. Brene Brown does a lot of different talks around that. And I think she does a really great job of encompassing the importance of joy and the, like the space it should hold in your life.
0: Mm. And we all enjoy different things. And yes. I don't know if you, um, if you follow Jenna Zoe. Yes. Oh, in yeah. Terms of, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I mean, I should have guessed that, but, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, she always says that we enjoy different things because we're meant to pursue those things that we mm. enjoy because that is our key. That's the thing that we are here to bring and the arena that we're meant to be in. So like one person yes. might enjoy writing. I mm-hmm. do not. You know, so like go write, it'll bring you joy. And then maybe you write a book, maybe you write a play, who knows, but that's, that's your key. So like follow your joy. I know it's, yeah, it's so, I, that is everywhere. That's like on the boards at HomeGoods, like follow your joy, you know, but (laughs) it's like, I really think that it's such a hidden secret. Like it is that simple. I think it is that simple. But anyways, we should probably, um we should probably define some of these terms that we're using and tell people where we're coming from. So when I said authentic code and when I asked about Sierra's magnetic self and the things that she's manifesting, this is all coming from, I guess, a program, would you call it a program?
1: I mean, I think, I think I would dub it like a community
0: at this point. Yeah, Yeah. I think, Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's called to be magnetic. And Mm -hmm. it's a community centered around getting back to what Lacey says, your whole most authentic worthy self so that you can manifest the things that you desire. It's marketed, I guess, as a method, um, to manifest the things that you want. So like if you want to manifest a house or if you want to manifest a car or you want to manifest a partner or something like that, some material item, but what it always comes back to is what are the stories that you're telling yourself that are stopping you from feeling worthy and deserving of those things now? Because once you do feel worthy and deserving of those things, they will naturally find their way into your life. And so the marketing of this community is all about like manifestation on the material plane but when you start to learn about it and you really start to follow the process and um, understand the energetics behind it it's all about self-worth and it's all about learning to really nurture yourself and and express your emotions and give yourself room to learn about what might be holding you back or what you dream and desire out of your life it's really getting to know yourself and raise your self-worth and it's it utilizes hypnotherapy so it's these meditations that you listen to and they structure it in a way that's really easy and you listen to these meditations and discover pieces of yourself and if that sounds scary to people i promise you it's not i Thought it might be scary, too. I thought there'd be like some vicious demon inside of me (laughs) that I would discover. There's not. Mm -hmm. And you get to know your inner child and you get to know your shadows and the things that you, the stories that you're telling yourself that are likely not true or just come from a place of hurt. Mm -hmm. And the more that you get to know yourself, the more that you look at these things, the more you start to love those pieces and parts of yourself. And so I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that. You're very eloquent. And
1: oh, also, how I'm, long have you
0: been doing this?
1: Yeah. So I actually found Lacey Phillips through the podcast, almost 30. And what I like to joke and say is like, between Lacey Phillips, almost 30 and Jenna Zoe, like I was raised by them. (laughs) My like late? Like, you know, I think nothing, (laughs) no
0: truer words have ever been spoken quite
1: literally.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yes.
1: Because I mean, I think, you know, we have, you know, parents or whomever raised you, or if you raised yourself, you know, up until a, a certain point, and then you leave whatever you considered to be home, whether in some usually time frame somewhere between sometimes for people at 16 upwards of like in, you know, 21. But then you are kind of responsible for what, what we like to call the TBM work or in a couple other places is reparenting yourself. Um, so then like in your mid to late 20s, you kind of become responsible for asking yourself and in I am in the deep belief that the difference between people who are living a life that they want to live and somebody who is not is really like they've asked themselves what do I want and so I always like picture like Noah from the notebook when he's like talking about like what do you want like that that is the universe versus yelling at you like what do you want. And so, I mean, in my late 20s, I found and I feel so grateful that I found the work um, of Lacey and watched her build it up. But yeah, it's rooted in hypnotherapy and um, and hypnosis, I think. I don't know if there's a difference, but um, Mm, yeah, there's a. The thing I love about Lacey Phillips is that she rides the line between what some people like to dub woo woo and science. And because I'm very much in that same thing, I love some woo woo stuff. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. I've seen it. You pretty much like <laughs> name it. it. All, I've seen some
0: baby. weird shit. <laughs> like
1: I love it. But I like, I also like, I need something that's practical. And I also need you to give me data to show me that it yeah. works. So. Meditation over time in and time out. And if anybody that's listening to this that feels really uncomfortable with woo-woo stuff, please just start with meditation. There is so much science and so it's so science-backed at this point. It really needs to be taken away, in my opinion, from spirituality. It is mm-hmm. a component of it, but yeah. it really is like it's its own thing. You do not have to be a spiritual person to med- meditate in any capacity or truly just spending time with yourself. So yeah, I found the work in my t- like 26, 27, and I've gone in and out of working with it because I don't think I was ready to commit or I was in certain situations where I just wasn't able to in the biggest part of this work, just like any component of doing self work, whether it's therapy, this journaling, whatever it is. I think one of the hardest things is becoming relentlessly honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it really was on like until my until I was probably like 30 and I had like left situations that I really needed to that. I was like, I'm ready to be just relentlessly honest with who I am and who I see myself becoming. So, yeah, shout out to the to the people over at TBM. because The work they're doing is unmatched and I am so grateful for it every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it's about taking accountability and not Mm. in a punishment type of way, but in taking accountability for what you want out of your life, like you said. So there's going to be times that it's difficult to look at the stories for sure, Yeah, but if you decide to be accountable for yourself and for your future, then that really helps with the commitment. And they're just, I think there comes a time, a point in everybody's life where they kind of reach their breaking point and they're done with allowing things, they're done with the belief that things are happening to them and they're mm-hmm. ready to take that accountability and, and get in the driver's seat and have a more proactive look at their life and their future.
1: Right, right. And, well, and I think that is a big, de- like big difference between, I don't know, I see in like older generations, you know, shout out to moms, dads, grandparents there, but we are like one of the first generations to ever exist that can take this level of accountability, yes. because we, we do have a lot of privilege, we're not having to hunt or hunt or gather or anything. And no, our parents didn't necessarily either. But there were so many limiting beliefs yes. still passed down from their parents. This is truly We are that bridge generation that is going to exist between people that thought life was happening to them and people that are truly developing a life that they want. And you can already see it. I mean, anytime you scroll TikTok, you see Gen Z doing whatever the I fuck they them. want,
0: making, I love
1: you so much. Like for the permission slip, like <laughs> they're doing what they want because they can. And, but, yeah. but because they also don't have the limiting beliefs because I think a lot of our generation is starting to like give birth to them yes. quite literally. Yes. So it's, it's really interesting to watch and yeah, that accountability. That's the other thing that this community is so good at doing. Unfortunately, in a lot of meta manifestation rhetoric that exists, it's, it really skips the part of taking aligned action. You can't just like sit there on a cloud and have things come like there, you know, your life is required to take action. And Mm -hmm. so you have to ask yourself what you want. You don't need to take all the action all at once, but when you do this work, you're able to break down and really have things come through you and figuring out what could a next step like be that's yeah. actually available to me right now in aligning and making sure that my life is looking the way that I want
0: it to look. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It's mm-hmm. so transformative. It's crazy. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, Lacey says this all the time, but she says a lot of the manifestation rhetoric that's out there does talk about just thinking positively, telling yourself that you're going to have that thing. Um, you know, like saying affirmations a hundred times a morning in the mirror, something like that. And while those things feel really good, I, my biggest thing, I'm filled with self-doubt. Like I'm just Mm -mm, filled with doubt, -doubt, self-doubt, but also doubt of the process that it'll work Mm, for me. I just find all these different ways to doubt things. And so that manifestation rhetoric that's out there that says, think positive, do these affirmations, I would come up with the, like, maybe I'd do that. Maybe I'd try that. But then I would have all these awful thoughts later in the day. And I would tell myself these stories about myself or my life or whatever it was and just felt totally out of control of staying in that positive headspace. And so this has been so interesting, this method, because it really digs deep and cleans up Mm -hmm. all that negativity that might be inside of you. And it's not like you never have a negative thought again. It's just that it gives you this framework to address those stories so that you're not just ignoring them. yeah, You're actually changing the response that you have to them and you're changing your understanding of them so yeah. that you can lay them to rest and find peace with those hmm. different parts of your life, your mind, whatever. And then you just naturally find yourself in a more positive space More frequently, again, all the time, but I think that's what's been really useful to me is actually having a framework to clean it up and get stuff done. So absolutely, it's a lot of TBM talk.
1: It's a lot of T. We're here. I love it. I know. I mean, it should. I think it should be talked about because it's something that's easily accessible to anybody too. It's not like you have to take a whole course. Like you can do this in the privacy of your own home, and Mm -hmm. it is. It's like it's taking the A hold of the steering wheel again because a lot of this like a lot I mean everything in your life is a projection of subconscious beliefs so if you don't know what those beliefs are this is what it's all that work is allowing you to do and regardless I think some people stay away from this work because they think like oh well I didn't really go through anything super traumatic as a kid or like maybe like everything was gravy growing up in your house there's still so, like literally a teacher could have said something to you one time yes. and it doesn't make those people bad, but it's just like your brains are so sensitive when you're small. That you take one thing that one person said and uh, unfortunately it gets applied to the rest of your life. 100%. And I think once you like start doing this work, you start looking around and you do see that like a major, like as adults, like sometimes it do be just like little kids living in adults' <laughs> bodies and you're like, what is oh, going yeah. on? <laughs>
0: That's been a strange thing to notice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dealing with children, children. Here.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it like allows yeah. you to like, I think, grow up in a yes. lot of ways. Yes. So-
0: a hundred percent. I completely agree. So going back to account accountability and taking mm-hmm. intentional action, you've been doing a lot of that. And mm-hmm. I am so inspired by these big steps mm-hmm. that you've taken. So to the extent that you're comfortable, I'd love to hear about your year of sobriety, your move to Austin, like what, what prompted these specific changes?
1: Yeah. Um, well, and I think I should, I think it's important to like walk people through my, my past a little bit. So I growing up in Boulder, Colorado, um, Boulder, Colorado, if some people are not familiar is a college town. The CU Boulder is there. Um, Woo! Steph Want to see Go you. Bus. <laughs> Go bus. Um, so it was a really interesting place to grow up for a lot of reasons. It is the safest, most beautiful place I could have ever grown up. So I will not not i'm not gonna discount that in any capacity i just had availability and access to a lot of drinking very (laughs) early on (laughs) through going to or growing up there there was also things in i think in my childhood that were also part of that but i and like you know it was a handful of us that got into that and it was around and so i started pretty i started heavily drinking when i i mean I would probably say at like 15. So yeah, maybe even 14. So that's when I first started. I was a baby, baby, baby. And then also came like, you know, recreational drug use and things like that. And so that definitely was there and then traveling. And then I worked in the restaurant and bar industry Mm. for a while in my early twenties. And I think that I really glorified as I mean, I think some people do in their 20s, this image of a party girl. I really I thought because I was good at it. Honestly, I at that point, like I could drink many people under the table. I was like, just always like I thought that I was always having a far better time when I was drinking and I was going and I was exploring and I was courageous. I could do I had no inhibitions at all, (laughs) zero negative um, inhibitions. So I think it's just important to talk about that and also validate, like I know that alcohol comes or consumption of drugs and alcohol, if it does come into your life, comes in at different times. So mine came on pretty early onset. And I also do come from a family of my father's an alcoholic and I was not raised with my father really, but, um, I think it's always important to know where you come from in terms of some of the things that run in your lineage as you, I don't know, as you explore some of these things, I think it's easier to validate some of, like, it is going to be a little bit of a different journey, but I did that through my 20s, didn't really you know, think anything of it. And then in my later 20s, I got into a romantic relationship that was book book bookended is putting it lightly, I would think it was the basis of it was drugs and alcohol. Like it was just every single weekend, it was heavy drugs, a lot of cocaine use and alcohol. And it just didn't stop. And I had gotten into a very bad car accident in 2017 that I got a a traumatic brain injury from. And that kind of feels like a, a place where alcohol started to affect me differently. Because prior to that, I never really noticed but after that, and maybe it was due to combining it with heavy drugs, it just kind of went downhill. And it went downhill really quick. I started to see sides of myself that I mean, I guess lived in me, but I had never seen before through a lot of like, I don't know, anger or rage or just irrationality. Like I couldn't, it just felt uncontrollable at this point. And some of this I will say was in tandem with the fact that I was in an unhealthy romantic relationship that was based on a lot of insecurity. And that's just going to be gasoline fluid on this type of stuff. It's never going to be good. So I moved through my later twenties and I, I decided to leave that relationship when I was 29 at the beginning, I think 29 beginning of 2020. And then I was sober. I, I feel very lucky to say that I have been able to step away from drugs and alcohol because I am not addicted to it. I can still be around it and I know that's not the case for everybody. I, and I'm feel very lucky to do that. Um, so I, I mean, I was sober for like six to seven years months but that was also helpful because I had like moved back in with my family after I left the relationship and they didn't really have alcohol in the house and so I and it was COVID so it's like I couldn't really even go anywhere anyway and because I was I had moved away from Denver at that point and Denver was where all my friends were so that happened and then slowly during the pandemic i picked up drinking again and i thought for some reason it was gonna change i thought that because oh i left the unhealthy relationship like i'll be fine to drink now and it hadn't changed <laughs> that at all unfortunately um and then i i don't know there was just a couple it, it was this cyclical thing of drinking alcohol spending money i didn't really have at the time saying things that I didn't really want to say um, like I would put my body into situations in terms of sleeping with people that I would wake up and I'd be like well, I really didn't want to and not to say everything was definitely on my terms but I just I I don't think I would have done it if I was sober right and so I I was moving through that and I Finally, in January of this year, I had a final interaction with myself and honestly with another person who I just, it brought out a side of me, but also made it really apparent because me and this person's relationship was solely based on alcohol. And I was already teetering with the fact that I wanted to step away without from alcohol. And this weekend had was so infused with booze. And there was just, you know, a blow up argument and I was like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, I can't put myself in this situation. And I also, it kind of skyrocketed me into pursuing a community that's not based around alcohol, because I think that that is something that our entire generation unfortunately does have to kind of come to terms with, is that if you, like, whatever route, but I think that traditional college route, there's a lot of drinking and a lot of partying that goes on so it's like a lot of our relationships in that time frame are based around consumption and altering yourself and you know very long story short i spent the last over a decade i guess half my life at that point altering myself and mm-hmm. so i was like i just got kind of it was kind of out of relentless curiosity i was like i will take a year and not drink because like I said, I feel very fortunate, I'm able to do that. And I was like, if I want to go back to drinking, then I'll go back to drinking. But um, I was like, I just want to know who I am. What do I actually like? Because I don't think I liked some of the people and things that I was doing and not to make any of the people that I had been in that doesn't make them bad. It just wasn't aligned. Mm -hmm. And so I think the further that I've delved into this work, I've really, it's just made the curiosity heightened of like, okay, who the fuck am I actually? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's about who you are and who <laughs> yeah. you think you can become and who you want to become. Yeah. Not, it has nothing to do with other people. It's what yeah. can you access within yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and that is so eloquently put because that it was almost came from this place of like, I like, if I'm going to get competitive, I don't really compete against a lot of people. I like to compete against myself. And for me, I was like, what the fuck can I accomplish in one year? Like, what can I get done in one year that I'm not drinking that my bank account isn't in like inhibited that my mind isn't inhibited that like my, my entire spiritual being isn't inhibited. I was like, what will I look like at the end of this year that will get me there? And then, you know, tied into my move with Austin, I'm not going to lie. It has been probably the loneliest season of my life, but it's, everything about it has felt necessary. So because a lot of of my friendships have shifted and only because it's I don't necessarily have anything in common with those people, unfortunately, some of them have been lost due to things that were happening with alcohol and those have been lessons. But it's just I've I've just gotten really intentional about asking myself, who do I want to spend time with? How do I want to spend time with those people? And what life do I want to build right now? Because I just became starkingly aware that if I didn't change anything, my life wasn't going to go in a path that I was going to be building it from. It was going to be happening to me because I was perpetuating this feeling of being out of control that was from my childhood, of never feeling in control and it feeling really chaotic. And so that's what I was doing in my later 20s when I was drinking and just causing havoc everywhere, so... That's where it was all stemmed from, and I guess I'm about five months in now, five and a half months maybe.
0: Yes, that's amazing. <sighs> yeah, and what I don't, is it like day to day? I mean, obviously yeah. we were at the bachelorette party together. We went yeah. to wineries. People were drinking the entire weekend, and you were sober. Did you have non alcoholic wine, or did you?
1: I don't think any of the ones we went to did have non alcoholic wine. So, which is actually very uncommon, I will say. Well, maybe not. You at had a wineries. mocktail,
0: but yeah, the wineries. I had a mock-
1: yeah, the wineries, I don't think had them. Yeah. But I think that's its own, um, like, genre of booze, yeah. of like non-alcoholic wine. So, yeah. but I mean, those are the times that I thought I was going to be tested the most. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting there celebrating my longest standing friend, like getting married with like, I mean, and you know, you guys are so incredible. I was like, that would be the place where I would want to just like, you know, join in. But It's honestly, it's in those moments, it's in those exact moments, actually, that I've realized that like Melanie for me, and I knew this to begin with, but it was like, this is a friend that I don't have to alter anything to be around. So it was like. And like, it was, it was so easy to do that. And so for the day to day, day to day is honestly, I think the thing that keeps me in it, because I'm not waking up hangout, like hungover, which is like, waking up clear headed, knowing exactly what I want. Doesn't mean I don't experience anxiety, but it's I'm not run by the anxiety anymore. When I would drink, it would just be like, ever the entire world hates me. Mm
0: -hmm. I can't
1: do this. Like, I'm the failure. I'm the problem. Like, Hi, it's the I am the problem it's me. Like
0: it's like, it was just like it was Wait, It was I've too much. To everybody that you were with. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. They're yes, like you did stuff. nothing. They're like do you still love me?
1: <laughs> right. Right. Well, and like to go back to everything we're talking about, it's the self-worth. Every choice that you're making in your life is a con- like direct correlation with your self-worth. Mm-hmm. And I already struggled with my self-worth prior to that, mm-hmm. but you put alcohol on that. I didn't have any, I had zero. So like, that's what the last five months have been, has been interesting more than anything. It's like, what do I like? And do I want to keep it in my life because I'm worth having whatever it is that I want in my life? Yes. So yeah.
0: And that editing process is so powerful because you really can take a look at all of these different aspects that have been clouding things up yeah. and all the noise that's been in your life for so long. And when you take that intentional look at it all and you sit down and you think, is this adding to my life? Is this getting me closer to who I want to be and where I want to go? Or is it slowing me down and holding me back? Is this yeah. like a dead weight dragging me? It's a very powerful process. It's, it's really amazing then how quickly things can accelerate once you do cut ties with some of those habits yeah communities or choices that you were yeah making.
1: absolutely yeah that's the yeah that's I would agree with that it definitely feels expedited because it's clear like I know that if I pivot and I switch it's coming from a place of oh yeah that makes sense because of x y and z not like I'm pivoting and then questioning everything I just did Yes. I think you know in terms of like connection with intuition and things like that it I'm still navigating how to connect with my intuition. That's been a lifelong journey for me, but I can definitely feel it getting closer and closer because the other component and everything that we're talking about, and I know you've talked about it on some of your like earlier um, podcast episodes with breath and body work and like mm-hmm. reading books and stuff like that. All of this is derived from your nervous system. This is all yes. nervous system regulation. You cannot regulate your nervous system if you're drinking alcohol all the time. That's the science again. And I mean, I'm talking like heavily drinking. Um, It's just like, it just doesn't work. You're not gonna be able to do it. So in order to change your life, you have to really think about what you're putting into your body because like nervous system regulation is the differentiator in people that are living peaceful centered lives. And living lives on their terms, I would think. So, 1,000%. or how I would say.
0: I so. remember a couple of years ago, I was listening to somebody, and they were talking about um, kind of like the journey inward that mm. we're taking, yeah. and how almost everybody starts on the physical health and well being playing, you know what you're putting into your body, um, like doing a cleanse or, right. or something like that. Like that's often an intro for people. Like I'm, I'm ready to make a change in my life, so I'm gonna do this, you know, thirty day reset or whatever mm-hmm. it is. That happens all the time, but it it really makes sense because what you're putting into your body changes the energy that you have in the day. It changes probably the pheromones that you're putting out into the world that will attract different types of people or repel different types of people. So first of all, I have a question. Has Mm -hmm. it been, have there been any moments that have been really difficult and for people who might come up against that, like how did you get through that?
1: Absolutely. I think in the beginning it was, there was like certain things, but this is also what I'll say. When you feel like you need to drink alcohol. And this is with addiction aside, because I'm not a doctor and I can't talk about like the chemical, uh, you know, addiction process. Yeah. But yeah. If, if this is something that whenever you feel like, Oh, I need to alter something in order to feel comfortable. Those are the moments where I question who I'm, who am I, who am I about to meet up with? Cause I'm like, why do I feel like I need to alter myself? And I have another component that's really interesting that I'm not sure that you know about. So I was born with a permanent tremor in both of my hands. Mm. They they shake all of the time. The only thing that gets rid of those tremors is alcohol. So it's, for me, wow. and it's, like, such a bizarre thing to have because people ask you about it in different ways, some of them not so tactfully. Sometimes they're, like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? Some people assume I'm an alcoholic because, mm-hmm. like, they're always shaking. Some people don't notice it at all. So it's, like, it's one of those things that, for me, I got really nervous because when I was, like, meeting people for the first time or something, and it's perpetuated. It's a nerve condition. Yeah. So it's like, it's perpetuated when I think about it even more. So for me, like, honestly, there were some times where I would drink in the past, literally just to get rid of my hands shaking. And now not having that, that for me has probably been the most difficult thing. I've been kind of grateful every time I've been really triggered by not drinking, because it's allowed me to ask myself questions of like, is this nervous because I'm doing something for for, like, am I going to a networking event for the first time, which Mm -hmm. I did do actually when a um, South by Southwest was in town and I was like, oh, I would typically be drinking the calmness, mm-hmm. but it, the, the, you can tell what the nerves are because you're also able to be in your body more. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm nervous because this is new. I'm not nervous because I don't feel comfortable around these people, you know?
0: Yeah. And so. all that information is such useful feedback to just yes. like perpetuate this cycle. That's why it accelerates the process because yeah. in all of these instances, you're starting to notice oh, I'm nervous in this situation. Why am I nervous in this situation? Tuck that in your back pocket and with TBM, come back to it later, literally, and look at it. Like, was there a time that this didn't go the way that I wanted it to? And yes, there are moments where it's just, Totally natural to be nervous. Like we want to yes. make a good impression, obviously. But then there's situations where it's like, okay, there's no reason that I should be freaking out here. Like, yeah. What's coming up? <laughs> what's happening? In yeah. My mind. And then you can look at it, and then that is like tremendous growth. Every time you can take a moment with yourself and reflect on what came up in that situation. And I mean, I'm curious to know how has this five, almost six months of sobriety shown up in your life? Like, what changes have you noticed? What sort of, like, have you had any big ah ahas?
1: I think, like, most of it has been, right, like, around the self-worth aspect. I think because, and then from there, being able to feel more confident in the things that I'm saying and the choices that I'm making. Yeah. So I think, like, it's the clarity. It's the clarity for me, dog. Like, I just, like, it really is. It's just the, it's just feeling, in my being able to be in my body, and you know, I do. I suffer from depre- depression and anxiety severely. I choose. I I choose not to medicate for it. I prefer to use things for myself, such as therapy, exercise, um, and meditation. So, for that, it's allowed me to get myself out of a real like um when i'm spinning out in anxiety and pull myself back in um it's allowed me to just be kinder to myself too as i'm navigating so i think i mean the aha i would i think is like the worth it because as somebody who has suffered from severe severe depression i mean there was times where i didn't like the suicidal ideation in 2021 to 2022 was real. It was not. And I think I'm very comfortable talking about it at this point because I think it's something that should be spoken about and is far more frequent than, a lot of people really understand so I think my aha moment is like has been like I am supposed to be here and I matter and I'm like you know I want to be here I think that's been
0: Damn.
1: the the biggest I would say like turnarounds and I'm not I mean you know depression and things like that it's a it's a can be a big roller coaster for some people and I validate that but for me it's really allowed kind of like a mental stability for lack of better words of not questioning everything and everything that's going on in my life
0: that's the aha of a lifetime (laughs) yeah matter you're meant to be here there's a reason for your existence I mean that's huge yeah good for you
1: Thank you. So I mean, you're great. doing it too, though, girl. It's like if you commit to this work, and it's not. It's funny to me that you know the the bypassing that gets spread across the internet of like these little memes, which I love. Like I'm always here for a mm-hmm. re like a retweet or a repost of a meme that's something that's in- inspirational. But like, it's interesting to me that people correlate doing this work with like rainbows flying out and mm-hmm. sweet yoga poses. Mm-hmm. I was like, this work is Fucking terrifying! Bitch. Like, like <laughs> no, like, don't. I mean, like, don't like do this if you don't want to. Just get you're gonna get your shit rocked, yeah. but you're gonna come out on the other side, really knowing who you are and choosing your life. Yeah. So it's like, I, that to me is worth it. And so you're doing it too, girl. You gotta
0: hundred yeah, percent worth it. And we all have different things. For me, alcohol hasn't been an issue, but there's yeah. other aspects of my life that I've had to shift around, and I've had to ruthlessly edit for. For many years, that's been the people, editing the people yeah. in my life. And my longer-term edit is now in this career phase and really slowly and gently shifting into a space where I can be more creative and learning about my own creativity, discovering that I have any creativity at mm, all. Like,
1: that's so that's, cool.
0: To, give, to, to learn that, to recognize that, to bring that out of myself, I've had to spend tons of time alone and remove so many things from my life to give myself that space mentally and physically and emotionally to just be so in my own bubble to learn that and see that in myself. And so I think that editing process is just everyone has something and something to look into. It might be smaller than you think it has to be. It doesn't have to be some massive drastic life change maybe it does but like you probably know what it is and it will change your life the second you start taking action on it
1: absolutely i think it's like what is keeping you from looking at yourself and sometimes it's substances sometimes it's people
0: yeah i was the queen of putting all of my worth into everybody else
1: Yeah. Just
0: they, I'll put anybody on a pedestal. I'll do anything that you think is right and we'll just go down whatever path you want to go down. And I have no good ideas. I, you know, can't do this for myself. So I'm just going to put all my worth into you. And I had to cut everyone off to find my own sense of worth and put myself on a pedestal and build that foundation for myself. Yeah. None of it's easy
1: none of it's easy but It's
0: always worth it
1: it's always worth it there's yeah. nobody that does any of this it's like damn it i wish i wouldn't have done like it's no. just it's always worth it and you know to validate everything that you just said there is another component of that in that particular sector that i think is important to talk about which is being a woman and i think yeah. that, that there is like there's a societal aspect to this and this is i'm not going to go down some long road of you know Like female power, because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people really becoming cognizant of the amount of pressures that have been put on females Mm -hmm. and like the way that we have been told to live our lives. And we are seeing that change in real time too. Again, shout out Gen Z. We are seeing these women that are these young girls that you can still see are affected by some of like the, you know, misogynistic aspects of our society. But it's a real thing to like to that. Even to be quiet and be polite and be just like, you know, yeah, do what you're told, submissive, like, no, like there's just, just validate yourself whenever you're going through that. Because I think it's so crucial just to allow yourself to really fully emerge as a person
0: yeah like i said i'm very inspired by all this action that you've taken because these are big leaps like these are just small little i'm gonna turn left instead of turning right when i go on my daily walk (laughs) this is a big deal you're taking some huge huge steps so i'm excited to see how your year wraps up and then where it goes from there give us a quick debrief of how you found your current job and some of the skills that you're gaining from this job that you you intentionally took this role to gain these skills to create a platform for yourself to then spring off of in the future so just give us a little rundown
1: so okay so to let everybody know i creative directing project manage in um in the cannabis industry so in packaging so i work with clients all over the country and technically world right now cuz we are in Canada and Puerto Rico as well um and I helped develop the aesthetics of their packaging whether it be cannabis flower, cannabis edibles, what have you, we do it all. I found this job, it found me. I did not find it actually. It really did find me and I will say I had been doing the TBM work. I had written a list of its requirements and I had kept it in the back of my phone and so I was had it with me at all times and all of a sudden I got this email one day and they reached out to me and I like like read it and I was like oh this is interesting I had never really intentionally wanted to work in weed but I'd grown up in Boulder it always had been around and it's like such an emerging I've always been obsessed with business like I didn't go to business school I went to school for apparel design and merchandising but I've always loved business I had a phone call with them and I was like, oh, this actually sounds legitimate. Like I would have like a direct say into what we're actually creating. I knew that I'd be managing a design team that's overseas, which if you're working in normal creative branding agency worlds, like in local in the United States, it takes a lot longer to be able to give your creative feedback. You have to kind of go through the political rings and towers. and that was one of the requirements of the next job is that, My creative feedback would be implemented immediately. So, and the amount of autonomy that I would be allowed, because I've known from a very young age that I am not supposed to work for someone else. Like you would not find me. I could never do a normal corporate. I don't like rules a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: an issue in my very corporate setting. (laughs)
1: Not a great role, gal. Yeah. So I like to make my own. It feels more fun. I have
0: better ideas. <laughs>
1: like, it's fine. It's okay. This yeah. feels better. Um that's where I'm at. And it has been this job has kicked my ass more than anything else in my entire life. But it has brought out the work ethic in me that I know has been there. But prior to this, my work ethic has always kind of been around surviving. in a lot of ways, another like aspect of kind of perpetuated from when I was small, that this has allowed me to thrive and really get curious about what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? How do I want to build a business? My gift in this life is is a lot to do with the uh, uh, communication, and sometimes that's visual communication through design aesthetics. Sometimes it's verbal, but it's the energy behind both of those. And when I can combine them, that is when my heart is so full. So I, you know, I would like to help continuing, help to continue to grow this company and, there's always a part of me that always wants to remain philanthropic. And through this industry, I have the direct ability to do that specifically with indigenous and the BiPAP community um, that we don't really see a lot. And so it's, we're trying to, and you know, there's a lot of indigenous cultures that are directly correlated with cannabis plants as well as mushrooms. In fact, they are, they it's not, they are, it's not a lot of them. And so making sure that those voices are coming up at the same time. So that's something I'm always like, I've always wanted to have a voice for the people that don't. And that's been a very big part of my design since I was little, little. And so making sure that stays tied in there in this industry allows me to hit all of the things that I wanna hit. It fills me up and it kicks my butt. Yes.
0: And I love that you're intentionally building up this skill set or um, enhancing a skill set that already existed within you and getting some experience watching and learning from people who are a couple steps ahead of you so that you could eventually create your own business. You're not forcing yourself to do it now before you feel ready to. You're really laying yeah. that groundwork for yourself. Like, yeah, you're such an intentional queen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be, yes. I'm trying to be. It keeps me in check or else I go on like reactive mode. Yeah, And so it's the slowing down. I gotta slow down. i slowing I'm, I'm, down
0: is everything, it's everything, it's uh, everything. Well, and, and so many people, especially in the TBM work, we talk a lot about, or they talk a lot about yeah. jumping off a cliff yeah, in the sense of taking a big action and mm-hmm. it kind of like increases your, your magnetism yeah. um, in the world of manifestation. And so people think that they have to, if they want to start a business, they have to quit their job now and start the business tomorrow. Right. You have to right, take right, right. that big action to really show that they're serious and that they, are, you know, grabbing life by the balls. But there's something to be said for giving yourself the space to do it in a way that feels right for you and to slow down enough to really build up your self-worth and build up the skill set so that when you do create that business eventually, which you will, it'll be from a much more stable, secure place Mm -hmm. that will have a lasting impact as opposed to a flash in the pan. I tried this thing and it didn't work. I just, you know, threw money at it or threw my time at it and burnt myself out. Like you really are being methodical so that when the time comes, it lasts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel very grateful for that too because I understand that some people don't really necessarily get that gift, but I do... I do want to learn before I put things out into the world. And I do understand that there's us also. It's like, I probably will need to do something before I think I'm really ready. Cause that's typically you always how it do. works. You're yeah. never
0: fully yeah. ready. Yeah. yeah,
1: So, um, but yeah, it's insane the amount. And I think that's another component, you know, being able to be sober and show up to my job has made me more curious and also like, cause there was certain times I was like, do I even like what I'm doing? Which is so important. We spend so much time yep. working. Please make sure you like what you're doing for the love of God. I meet people that are like, I don't really like my job. And then I find out they've been there for like six or seven years. And I don't say this with judgment. I say it with complete compassion, but I'm like, you spend more time there than you do with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Like, please like what you do. Please. And you can And
0: someone else loves that thing that you aren't loving so much. So go find that thing you do love and let them take your place in the thing that you are not loving so much. Yes, exactly. To wrap it up, what advice would you Mm -hmm. give to someone who's not quite feeling like they're in the right place? Maybe you a couple of years ago, before you started taking this intentional action, before you committed to TBM, think of that you.
1: I mean, I don't want to bring keep bringing up the same point but I think even if it is just a conversation with you and yourself get out a notebook and ask yourself what you want and I understand I validate that this can be a very scary thing for some people because I don't know how many of them have really asked themselves that or maybe you didn't grow up in a house where it was okay to want what you wanted but Literally, if it's just a conversation between you and you write down, what do I want? And I don't give a shit if it is raising my little ponies on like in the middle of Antarctica that I don't, I don't care because the, to the points that you made at the beginning, Steph talking about, you know, it's a, like in some of the points you just made, it's like leave room for what you want. So somebody else can go find what they want. I think when we start to ask ourselves these questions, we weirdly think that everybody wants what we want. And I can't tell you enough that it is so, it is actually very unique to you. It is everything that you want is actually unique to you. Is there a universal want to be able to like, you know, take care of yourself financially, have a house, like a roof over your head, feed yourself? Yes. Okay. Yes. Everybody wants that. But beyond that, what do you want? So it really doesn't, and you don't even need to do anything with it yet just because you write it down, but the first step in any of this is really asking yourself, what do I want? How do I want to feel? If that's an easier question to answer, then start there. And for some of you, it might be because as far as your human designs and things like that go, regardless if you follow or pursue even or even know what the fuck I'm talking about, there's part of you that are more designed to be in how you feel than how something looks. So how do you want to feel? What do you want it to look like? I am a sucker for a vision board. Mm. Like that's what I do. Like Mm. a lot of the time, I think just because I love aesthetics and composition, just
0: get it out of your head and onto paper. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) Well, and some of us are better designed for images. So that's what it is, is collecting images. Like anytime you see something, and again it like sparks excitement or joy or you hear something and it sparks insight excitement and joy and like another tbm word is an expander which is basically somebody in in your life that you see in real life it could be on the tv though it could be a celebrity and it also and this is the other thing i want to drive home does not need to be of your gender identification i have many male expanders i have um jonathan van ness who is a them expander is one of my expanders in terms of how they live their lives like they like find whatever is like exciting to you and just start there then and write it down if yeah. if what you want feels too scary then just write a list of what you find exciting in life and then just start remaining curious and continue that curiosity because that's what's going to allow you to expand the list and please do it because we need people living their lives and living what makes them happy and it's definitely not going to look it might be you might be happy being an accountant I hope you are because I am not and I really need somebody to be happy being an accountant but like I, like, I, I really just think that is the first step and the easiest, I think, in order to start pursuing a life that really lights you up, because you also deserve that. You deserve to be lit up. Okay, yeah. where
0: can everyone follow along with you? By the time yeah. this airs, so you're going to be back on social media. Another yeah. intentional action. You're taking a social media break, which yeah. we love. But yeah. when you're back from that, right. what is your handle?
1: Yes, I love a taking a season off. Um, it is come see something. So it is C O M E S I S O M E S R T H I N something. Love it at the end there. Yeah, that is where you can find me. And then hoping to kind of follow suit in Miss Steph's like journey and start my own pod soon. Yes! It's so expansive to watch. It's been incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's where you can find me. And um, please, anybody, if they have any questions about anything, feel free to reach out. I am an open open book sometimes yes, you
0: are thank you much, so yes. much for your vulnerability. of course this is a yeah. big deal I think it's so important but I know it's hard to do yeah so I really really appreciate it
1: yeah thank you so so much I really you know love getting the opportunity it's important that these conversations go out in the world and people are hearing them and we're having them so thank you it's such a gift <laughs>